Blog Talk Radio. You are listening to the Four Person Show on Blog Talk Radio. We are your enthusiastic and faithful Catholic apostolate. For more information about what we do, go to our show page at thefourpersons.com and our blog site at thefourpersons.net. To call in tonight with your comment or question, dial 515-602-9655. The number, again, is 515-602-9655. blog talk radio and live on facebook live at the same time and if my voice sounds a little funny it's because i'm still recovering from dental surgery but anyway we wanted to do this this morning and we got an important topic to talk about so first of all let me tell you where you can catch if you're catching one side let me tell you where you can catch the other side the blog talk radio show is at blogtalkradio.com forward slash the four persons with the number four. So it's T-H-E, the number four persons. And if you want to catch the Facebook Live, you can catch that on my Facebook, which is part of the four persons Facebook group. And the address of my Facebook is facebook.com forward slash John dot B-E-N-K-O seven three five. So, now let's go back to the Blog Talk Radio Show, and I want to bring on my co-host, uh, Lewis. Lewis, how are you doing this morning? I'm doing great, brother. Um, I hope you're recovering from your operation. Um, how are you? Yeah, I'm doing good. Just a little bit of a little bit of swelling still, and that's what's uh, not really soreness, but swelling, and that's what's kind of causing the funny modulation in my voice. Uh, and that'll that'll subside over time. Uh, first of all, I asked you a question you didn't get a chance to answer me, so I wanted to know: Have you seen the movie Nefarious yet? I have not. Um, so what's it about, brother? Okay, so there are a lot of Catholics that have been as a must see for Catholics. And it does deal with some very, very uh, Catholic themes. And the story is about a a convicted murderer who is um, a, a psychiatrist is brought in to do a last-minute exam to determine whether the person is competent uh, to move forward with execution. So it's a it's a pretty dark theme, and I feel like the movie deals with some of these themes loosely. It kind of addresses them. So first, I'm going to start by reading just a quick review that I wrote last night. These were thoughts off the top of my head. Then I'm going to read what uh, uh, a Facebook friend posted, and then kind of get into the discussion of of uh, 
what we think on this. This is these were my thoughts last night when I came home. I spent the nearly 20-minute return trip from the theater pondering exactly what it was about the movie Nefarious that left me somewhat disappointed. I thought at first that maybe it was because there's a very short list of movies over the years that have really overwhelmed me and impressed me. Uh, Certainly, The Passion of the Christ was one of those. United 93 was another. And maybe at some level, I'm too hard to impress. Then again, maybe it was that I set expectations too high, given the lofty reviews that I had read. One noted Catholic blogger gave it 10 stars out of 10. It's quite a review. I became even more perplexed at my own disappointment when I examined the main conflict that's explored in the movie which is one that I have championed for years, and it's one at the forefront of me forming this apostolate, the four persons. And that's basically based on the fact that Mark 12 says, we love the Lord our God with our whole heart, our whole mind, our whole soul, and our whole strength. Those four persons are what make up a human being. And atheism has so infiltrated the psychiatric profession that they act like two of those four persons, the spiritual and the emotional, don't really exist. So what does that leave us? That leaves us robots. We're robots that are subject to physical impulses and and chemical processes. In the plot line, the psychiatrist simply cannot accept the possibility that some of these people claim to be possessed or obsessed or influenced by demons really are. I think this is a very, very... As a therapy major myself that um, made the mistake of starting studying therapy in college, I can compare to this. That would be help the spiritual aspect of the person. And that's a very that's something I never really saw it that way. That's also kind of the name of our show. The four persons. Um yeah. anyway, going back, that that is very true. And when you take out the spirit nothing but with secularism. And as we know, secular is very subjective. It's always changing back and forth, right and left, mm-hmm. up and down. Uh, ago, like we discussed, um, homosexuality was seen as a mental disorder, a chemical imbalance in the body, and now it's being viewed and taught and um, and pushed as something normal, more normal than it actually ever was. Um, right. You know, uh, paper on building. How do you know it's not spend this way? I don't know. The world has always been predominantly straight. How do you know that? He replied. And my response is because that is just the natural way of things. Um, in order for humanity to keep on multiplying, we have to be the majority. Um, and even even then, statistically speaking, even if you count the ones that were high in the centrality, they're still in the brutal minority. Um, the truth is, which is what they're trying to change, is that most people have no inclination to same sex um, attraction. And they also don't take into account that the environment can't influence people. Um, we have a very strong surge in um, same-sex attraction towards children because um, they'll never admit to it, but they're being conditioned, putting these stuff in schools, reading sexual books to schools, encouraging students that have no desire to experiment, to experiment, 
And these things are being championed by the psychological community. No, you're so right, Lewis. Everything that you're saying is true. And, and, and what is the result of that is that we get to the point where we, we actually deny the concept of good and evil. And devil loves that. So I want to circle back to some of the evils that are going on in our world today. And there's a surprising number of these, uh, of these school shootings that we are witnessing in which the shooter is actually claiming that he's being led by the devil, that he's hearing voices, that the demons are telling him to do things. Now, you know, the natural reaction to that is, well, he, he's mentally ill. He's schizophrenic, they'll say. Yeah, so, 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 yeah, so the, the point that I'm trying to, to well, let me finish this. I want to, I want to, I want to finish this point. So, I want to talk about one in particular, and it's just one that I've seen. There are many instances where this has happened. The one in particular that I want to talk about is a particular school shooter, Nicholas Cruz, who killed 17 people in Parkland, Florida. When he was arrested, and you can find the video on YouTube, when he's arrested, he's opening openly claiming that he's hearing demons, he's hearing voices. Uh, in his prison interviews, he openly professed that he hated Christians, he hated Jesus Christ. Folks, this the, the idea that we just automatically dismiss this, what does that leave us with? Okay? What does that leave us with? And, and Lewis, I want to I want to kind of go back and forth with you on this, and and let's just follow this through logically. So I'm going to ask you some questions to follow this through logically. Yes. If it's not demonic possession, or at least demonic influence, well, then it has to be mental illness, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. So mental illness, by definition, by classic definition is a person who cannot tell the difference between reality and fantasy. A person, the walls are broken down between reality and fantasy. So I started here with this idea that a a person who is mentally ill is a person who is not in full possession of their mental faculties. Okay? Well, that means they're not able to appreciate the gravity and consequences of their ashes. And the reason I bring this this Parkland shooting up is because it was planned out with such precision. It was planned out so methodically that it's hard to say that a mentally ill person did this. Okay? First of all, he boasted on videos that he recorded and online for months that he was going to be a school shooter. Talked about exactly the school that he was going to uh, target. Even talked about the particular day that he was going to do the shooting. And it was a day in which the ROTC uh, people wore their uniforms. 
Are you back, Lewis? Yes. All right. Seems like we got a better connection now. So the question I was discussing is, is it fair to say that a person who is mentally ill is not in possession of their mental faculties? Definitely not. Um, we see this all the time with schizophrenics, people with bipolar disorder. Okay. I have a friend. All right. That all right. So, has, but... all right. So let me just build on that. Okay. So what we're talking about here, and, and, and a lot of these killers are described as psychopaths. This is what you're talking about. You're talking about a psychopath, uh, a person who might kill somebody because they think they're a vampire. They're, this person is literally insane. This killer in Florida, Lewis, planned this killing out for months. He bragged on it on videos. He posted on YouTube that he was going to be a school shooter. Uh, he spent hours the night before sighting in his gun. He planned the shooting on a particular day that the ROTC uh, participants would be wearing their burgundy and black uniforms so that he could go to school. He was a former student in his burgundy and black uniforms. He was already planning on how he was going to mix into the crowd afterwards. Right? He broke his AR-15 rifle down and put it in a knapsack and called an Uber driver. And when the Uber driver picked him up, he already had a story made up that it was a band instrument. He was a, he was a member of the band and, and he was going to perform in one of the concerts. Uber driver dropped him off. He already understood the security apparatus at the school and understood that for their convenience, they actually unlocked the gates like 20 minutes before the kids got out of school. He knew this, and he knew which gate to enter in. And he entered in that gate, and he knew exactly which stairwell to enter into. He walked into that stairwell, reassembled his gun, emerged, and began working his way militar uh, militaristic-like through the three floors of the school, and in six and a half minutes, he killed 17 people and wounded 17 others and connected on something like 80-something percent, 84% of his shots. The act was methodical. It was carried out. It was ruthless. Now, I'm sorry, folks. I cannot say this person was not in possession of his mental faculties. There was nothing wrong with his brain. He knew everything that he was doing step by step by step by step. Okay? The problem was with his, was with his heart. The problem was with his soul. And we have to stop calling evil mental illness. Because what this person did that day was evil. It was not mental illness. Lewis, I want to hear your comments. I fully agree. And um, circling back um, to what psychology is in its core, it was founded on, it was founded as a way to keep um, spiritual aspects of humanity and religion out of um, out of mental therapy. And I mean, like from the beginning, um, psychology was always mixed in with things like evolution, and um, which is basically a religion in itself. So not only was there a contradiction. And um, 
their statement, unless they thought it was, there was a bias. Um, because um, Catholics and Protestants, we've always, even Protestants, we've always said it, um, evolution is a religion within itself. But that's diverged. The point is that psychology from its foundation was never headed towards a good direction. It's missing key components of, you know, the human thinking. And what we put into our souls, what we consume, it becomes a part of us. I can almost guarantee this person that did all of this had a deep hatred for the school system and had a deep hatred for humanity in some shape. Probably because of how he was raised or, you know, what he was consuming, you know. Um, I also want to point out that going back to the spiritual aspect of things, um, the mind and soul, they're interconnected. You can't separate one from the other. Um, our souls can think, you know. But I wanted to ask that, too. Um, there's something, like you said, um, we can't call evil. Um, mental illness. A mental illness. Uh, even though evil is a disease, it's a disease to spread. Um by choice. I mean, people right. can, people that are confused can do evil things, but we have to be able to identify what evil is, and um, psychology has a habit of neutralizing everything. And when you make everything gray, and you make it impossible to distinguish good from evil, these problems are naturally just going to happen. There has right. to be an objective concept of good or evil. This is why there are therapists that, for example, will um, let's say the age of consent. We all know that the age of consent should always be at least, at minimum, 18. Now, there are therapists who say that that's subjective because it depends on, you know, what country you go to. But just because something is different in another country doesn't make it, you know, objectively right. Like um, in Japan, I'm pretty sure in English countries, the age of consent is 14. A grown adult woman or man can legally engage in sexual relations with a 13 or 14 year old. That's disgusting. And uh, they'll say that they, they, they can turn around and say, well, that's, that's my culture. It teaches me to think it's, you know, this age. But um, right. I would say, no, it's not just my culture. Um, it's just that that's the truth. That is, scientifically speaking, the truth. Um, that is when people reach adulthood. Right. So let me let me circle this back to the movie. This is why I was so disappointed with the movie. It's not that the movie didn't explore a much needed theme. It sure did. And the acting of Sean Patrick Flannery as the killer who kept going back and forth uh the as the as the killer himself who was this broken beaten man and the demon who was possessing him, Sean pa Patrick Clary played the role brilliantly. He really did. Um, the movie felt me made me feel disappointed in a way that I'm disappointed when a debater with a slam dunk case uh, loses the debate in style points because of a flat delivery. In my view the movie left you wanting for more. They gave you some very, very good, strong 
theology, some very, very good, strong acting, some very, very good, strong development of these points and themes that need to be made. But there just wasn't enough. Uh, In the end, the movie was too short. The characters were not developed enough to really make it hit home. Also, I want to talk about two other real problems that I had with the movie. And one of them, my... On a direct... Um, brother, um, you're cutting off again. Anyway, I want to. Uh, the, the priest was the weakest figure in this movie, which is really, really troubling. Um, Hollywood has a habit of just making religious characters and um, the lean towards Christianity look bad. Even people on the opposite spectrum can see it. Um, they did the same thing with the movie based on J.R.R. Tolkien, a famous Catholic, and I do have to emphasize, emphasis, Catholic, the famous Catholic writer that created The Lord of the Rings, which in itself is a Catholic book. Um, Hollywood completely took out his faith from the movie. So Hollywood right. has a very strong secret and bias towards, you know, Christian figures. All right, Lewis, um, just so you know, somebody just messaged me on Facebook that the audio problems are on your end. They're hearing me perfectly. It's that it's you that's fading in and out. So I think there might be, uh, again, something wrong with your connection. Are you in a bad cell uh, cell location? It could probably be that. I mean, I'm in my room. Um, I could probably oh, okay. switch over to the computer. I can probably um, switch over to my computer since I'm dialing in through phone. Um, all right. Well, let's just uh, let's just try to work through this then. Uh, but I just wanted to advise you of that. So the the other thing I, that bothered me about the movie is that the person. Well, first of all, they named the person. The psychiatrist was named James Martin. Now I don't know if that name was chosen, but just by coincidence. But. That almost seems like that was a swipe at Catholic Christians, uh, uh, conservative Catholic Christians, who are very unhappy about Father James Martin, the rogue liberal priest. Uh, it, It almost seems like that was too much to be a coincidence. And the other thing is that he never does commit to making a full conversion to Christianity as a result of this experience. Now, This psychiatrist, after he watches, becomes possessed himself by the entity, and then is freed of of that. If that's not enough to make convert to Christianity, I don't know what would be. And then the person doing the interview, in order to, at the last stroke of uh, taking away from the credibility of the movie, the person doing the interview is none other than Glenn Beck. Now, I don't have anything personal against Glenn Beck, but he's a Mormon. <laughs> he's a Mormon. 
okay? And a Mormon is not an example of Orthodox Christianity in any way, sense, shape, sense, or form. Not only uh, not Catholic Christianity, but even mainline Protestant Christianity are outside of the mainstream of, of rational Christian thought. And to me, it just shot the credibility of this movie that you Glenn Beck doing the interview. Um, so I, I just let me bounce back to your thoughts on that. Again, it just shows you the narrative that um, they don't want accurate representation or positive representation or even neutral representation of Christianity. They want bad representation, negative. They want um, to make us look as bad as possible. And um, going back to what you said about like James Martin, that was clearly not a coincidence. I agree with you. But um, they have a habit of using the technique similar to what we discussed Protestants when they're attacking Catholics. They take the worst of Christianity, and uh, you know, and they just ignore all of the good. They take the controversy, you know, they take everything negative, and they only um, and they leave out all the positive. And this is a tactic they're doing. Mormons that we disagree. They don't even believe, to my knowledge, that Christ is the Savior. And they also well, added, you know. In addition to like how mainland Protestants they remove seven books, Mormons take it even worse. They take it even farther. They add a book to scripture. Right. So and and the Mormon what? and the Mormon view of Jesus Christ and the Mormon view of uh, of the Trinity is just whack. I, I want to defer real quick. Uh, uh, our good friend, um, my good friend from Facebook, uh, Chantal Rains, is uh, listening to the show across the across the pond, as it were. Uh, she's actually in the Philippines, which is a long, long way away from here. And um, I, I'm on her into joining the blog. Hint, hint, hint. She's a fabulous writer. I'm trying to strong on her into being a writer. So not to put her on the spot, but I'm putting her on the spot. Uh, Chantal, I just wanted you to go ahead and type up uh, any thoughts that you might have. First of all, have you seen the movie? And uh, what are your thoughts on on tonight's uh, discussion? Just be interested in hearing what you what you have to say. So I'll be waiting for her uh, for her response if she can still hear me. So overall, while I'm waiting for her thoughts, overall I was disappointed with the movie. Um, I thought it had some very, very good things in it, some 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 strong themes in it. Um, you know, there wasn't much that was bad about the movie, but there were some things that were bad about it. And the things that were good about the movie were very good, but there just wasn't enough of it. So uh, we had one blogger that said he would give the movie 10 out of 10 stars. I would give the movie five out of ten stars. Um, but Lewis, I would I would invite you to still go see it because maybe you'll have a different opinion than me. But me and uh, Deb Rojas are both of the same opinion that the movie was a disappointment. And uh, I know that goes across uh, uh, goes against uh, what many people, what many of our friends have said. Um, but do you know any anybody else that's going to see the movie, Lewis? And and uh, what have you heard back? 
Um, some of the friends from my Catholic, some of the, my brothers from my Catholic Bible study are thinking of seeing it, but um, personally, I haven't heard anything from the movie. Although I don't have strong expectations because, like what I said before, Hollywood has a habit of, you know, when they're making a supposedly Christian movie, it's always with a bad intention, something up their sleeves. So I don't expect much from this movie at all. Hello? Yeah. I hear you. I was just listen- I was um, listening to your thoughts. It's the same thing. Going back to uh, the Tolkien movie, um, fans were outraged that they left out that he was a Catholic because that's what, you know, drove him on his life. They made him look like a completely secular person, and he was far from that. Um, his religion, his Catholic faith, it was who he was. And, I mean, they they just have a habit of doing this Hollywood um so I don't expect much from these movies. Yeah, they have. Um, well, I also want to say to uh, say hi to Sherry Maestro Mallorca, who is also uh, tuning in. Uh, she's also from the Philippines, so uh, we're we're uh, we're ahead in the Philippines uh, today. Uh, but they 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 do that. I mean, Tolkien was clearly the the Lord of the Rings series was clearly, uh, and, and I'm talking about the books. It was clearly an apology for Catholicism. He was using allegorical stories to evangelize the Christian, the Catholic faith, uh, and Hollywood has made that into anything but that. Um, but the, but they do that with. Uh, with everything, all of our holidays have been secularized. All of our beliefs have been washed down and, and, and secularized. Um, and I thought that this movie had a chance to deal with the secularization of the uh, psychiatric profession and the corrosive effects that it has had. Uh, I thought they had a great platform. Ah, Anita, uh, Anita uh, Rawstone. Uh, I'm sorry, Ross Thorne, Anita Ross Thorne. I'm sorry, I'm having a hard time speaking, Anita. I told you the dental work, but she says hi from England, and uh, we're glad you're tuning in. Uh, again, we are on Blog Talk Radio right now at blogtalkradio.com slash the four persons and simulcasting on Facebook Live. And let me give you the... Uh, Facebook Live address again. That is facebook.com forward slash john dot benko dot 735. So this is the first time we've tried this to Facebook Live. Let me get to. Let me mute myself. Let me mute myself so maybe because I, I do think you're right. It is my end. I'll mute myself and, you know, when it's my turn to talk, I'll mute myself. Okay. It really helps viewers understand the mind of the devil and his demonic ways. Bluntly, that's just about the last thing I want to do. Over the course of my writing career, there have been m- many times when I researched demonic activity. I found it neither exciting nor fascinating in any way. You know what I found 
recounted instead tragic, disgusting, sad, nauseating. I'm pretty sure this puts me in good company. The saints were certain that the devil existed, that he hates us, that he hates Mary, hates the sacraments, and hates God. All the saints battled the devil in some way. But in all ecclesiastical history, which saint was exciting and intrigued to learn more about the devil? St. John Vianney was tormented by the devil for years, but he never desired to understand the devil. He was aware that demons existed. He was aware that the devil hates innocence and the innocent. He was aware that the devil is a perpetual sinner. Beyond that, Vianney seemed bored by the devil, and how could it be otherwise? God is all good. God is fascinating. Sin is boring. And though the devil wanted to be like God, the devil became the least like God. The argument is made that certain films help us understand evil better. I find this an odd commentary. Our society is not primarily lacking in the knowledge of sin, for sin itself is a lack. Instead, we're lacking in the knowledge of virtue. We're lacking in the knowledge of holiness. Knowing more about the devil is not necessarily good. In fact, it might be horrifically bad. The minions in hell are well acquainted with the mind of the devil. It hasn't done them any good. After doing my research, I don't want to know more about the devil. I want to know less. One last point. When I researched demonic activity, I realized something. If I were going to do such research, I knew it was imperative that I go to confession more frequently, that I pray the rosary more faithfully, that I intend daily mass, and that I habitually ask the intercession of St. Michael the Archangel. God's grace helped me see the necessity of these things. I trust that my Catholic friends who recommend such films are doing so with the noblest of intentions, but perhaps it might be charitable and wise to understand that some people should definitely not see such films because it can begin a fascination. As for others, can Catholics at least recommend that others go to confession before seeing such movies? Thanks for listening. John, here, here are my thoughts. Um, I see where you're coming from, and to the extent that people are fascinated in the occult, I agree with you. The problem is the fascination with the occult, in my view, stems from the fact that it's believed to fall into the realm of the make-believe. It's fantasy. It's fun. I think people need to see and hear and understand exactly the nauseating, disgusting devil that you speak of. They need to be repulsed by him. They need to be terrified by him. Because they need to understand the danger that they're in. I think it's just about as unchristian a thing as you could do to not warn somebody about the danger that they're in fascinated by it, but to force them to be nauseated by it, repulsed by it. That's where I think that this should be going. And in that case, this had a chance to reach that purpose. People should be nauseated by what it is that makes a person walk into a school and shoot 17 people, kill 17 people. 14 of them teenagers. People should be nauseated by what caused Salvador Ramos to walk into a school in Texas 
and killed 19 kids who were between the ages of 9 and 11. People should be nauseated about what it caused, what caused Adam Lanza to walk into a school in Connecticut and kill 26 people, 20 of which were children between five and six years old. That's evil. It's not mental illness. And we have to stop sanitizing it and calling it mental illness. These people are not sick. They're evil. They're evil. It is the devil that is behind this. And the worst thing I think that we can do as Catholics is pretend like the devil doesn't exist or pretend like he's not to be feared. And when I say the devil is to be feared, devil is to be feared if we have the stupidity to think that we can fight him on our own. Fear of the devil should move us towards more confession, just like you said, absolutely, but not stop there. The rosary, more frequent mass, scriptural reading. Um, yes, Anita brings up a great point. Reading books like The Way of Divine Love is a good reminder of Satan and his works. Philip Naguita, Philip Naguita, watching from the Philippines. Thank you, Philip. I'm glad you tuned in. Uh, Anita is, is is so right, and so many there's so many of these books like that that deal with uh, the demonic. Nothing. We're not to be fascinated by the devil. He's just a bully. I mean, that's what he is. What does it take for someone to go in and I mean look at the at, at the at the sin of abortion. The devil targets the most vulnerable uh people for murder. He's a coward. If we forget the fact that he is powerful, that he does have power, we're in a lot of trouble. Let's let's face it. The devil was God's highest angel. So to say that he doesn't have power, uh to say that a human being is strong enough to fight with the devil one-on-one -on -one under your own human strength, that's a fight you lose, folks. That's a fight you lose. And you and you better understand that. Uh, you know, Paul said, our fight is not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, uh, thrones and principalities in high places. We're fighting against thrones and principalities here. Now, we do have the upper hand in the battle. So long as we are incorporating our Lord Jesus Christ, incorporating our Blessed Lady in the fight, incorporating St. Michael and all the angels and our rosaries and our uh, miraculous medals and our sacramentals and confession and adoration. As long as we're bringing holy water, as long as we're bringing all these weapons to the fight, it's a different fight. Uh, but if we're trying to fight the devil on our own um, strength, or even worse, not trying to fight him at all because we don't think he exists, or we think it's just fantasy, uh, that's where I think we're really in trouble. So that's where I, I, I disagree with you, John. Um, I respect your opinion, but I disagree with you. Um, I do think 
that this the, these things need to be brought to the forefront, need to be brought out in the open much more than they have been, not for fascination purposes, but to understand the fight that we're in. Uh, Lewis, I'd like you to come back on and see if you have any comments about what I just said. I agree with everything you said. Um, this stuff isn't an unpleasant. It's just an unpleasant. It is pure evil. And pure evil causes confusion. Now, people, when they are confused, they can do things that they may not want to do under normal clarity, but evil does cause these things to happen. Evil doesn't bring clarity. So, I am in full agreement. Um, it doesn't lead anywhere good. Another big example of what's happening now that the left is trying to hide really badly. I don't know if you've heard this, John, but this happened recently. There have been a massive surge of transgender shootings where, um, if not normal people, cisgender people, as they like to call us, shooting transgender is transgender people shooting normal people like us. And they've been happening massively. There was one or a few of them that, have, that were... Um, in multiple different instances where transgender individuals try to shoot Christian schools. And again, this is happening now. And the left is trying to hide this and bury it under the rug. Um, now, now, can I, I talk to you? Can I talk to you about something that's really obvious? That he can sit that we're in right now, we're supposed to recognize mental illness as normal, and we're supposed to recognize evil as mental illness. They, they, they really changed the definitions of everything to the point where it rings true. The old saying rings true that a person who doesn't believe in God believes in nothing. He believes in anything but God. And that's where we're at. We're, we're in it. We're in a descent into madness in in our society, like I, I thought I would never see. Like I I I've never imagined. Anybody listening, I know, and I appreciate all the folks that are listening, Chantel and Anita and Philip. Are you all on board with me on this? Does it seem like the whole world has just gone completely crazy? Uh, your thoughts, Lewis? I would agree. And, you know, even secular people can see this. There was a YouTuber that I listened to, Paul Borey, and he says it because he covers very events. You can see it. So the world is straining farther and farther away from God. And as history and scripture shows, when the world starts to do that, people start to do crazy things. But these crazy things are trying to be um, normalized. Even transgenderism is a perfect example. Ten or twenty years ago, this idea that um, men could become women, women could become men, they were not taken seriously. Now the world is supposed to be, um, we're supposed to take it seriously and accept that. And it's not just that, you know, um, that's being pushed now. It's also not just men becoming women, women becoming men, but also people being able to identify as whatever they want. Whatever species, for example, there are people now identifying as animals that are supposed to be now taken seriously. There are people that are identifying at different ages that are supposed to be taken seriously. 
truth um, without um, without God at the center, truth just disappears. Um, there is no objectivity, and when there is no objectivity, chaos will just naturally reign, just like chaos is reigning right now. Okay. So Anita Post, the devil is in almost complete control of the moment. Yeah, I, I would have to I would have to agree. And and what is scary is that when you read what actual and, and I'm talking about recognized Catholic prophecy. I'm not talking about the crazy stuff like Maria Divine Mercy and that Medjugorje and that crazy stuff. I'm talking about actual recognized Catholic prophecy. We are at the time when all of these things and you can see do you ever play chess, Lewis? Yes, I do. Okay. So when you play chess, you know, one move or two moves, thinking three moves ahead. And the and the really the great chess players, they're five, six, seven moves ahead. Um you can see the chess pieces moving into position. Um you know, even even what's happened to our currency and 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 the dollar is under attack and and everything is moving towards, you know, not one world currency. It is. It's moving to well, and not not only a one world currency, and a single world currency by itself is not dangerous in my view, but the idea of totally electronic currency, the idea that money that money that changes hands will be non-existent. Uh, and this is why we're moving to these electric cars. Anyone that tells you the electric cars, uh, electric car is better for the environment than a gas car is, is crazy. They, they don't understand. But the government can cut the electricity off very easily. And if the government has total control of the money because it's all electronic, they can cut that off very quickly. So it's very, not very hard to see these end time prophecies moving into place. Um, where the government's going to have complete and total control. And the biggest thing is, the biggest end-time prophecy, because of the rise of evil in the world, the love of many would go cold. That's what the scriptures say. If that's not described in the world that we live in, I, I don't know what would be. And this show is about why I was disappointed with the, with the movie Nefarious. This is it, folks. They had a great platform. They had a great platform in that movie in order to make this distinction. We are not robots. We are not human beings who are controlled completely by physical impulses and completely by uh, chemical processes. Because if that's the case, this is what Philip says, the world needs to repent because we are in the last day and evils are doing their best to manipulate anyone in our government and those powerful leaders. True. But if sin is not a thing, Philip, we don't have to repent from anything. I, if I commit adultery today, it's because of the chemical processes in my brain. If I go out and murder somebody, it's because I'm mentally ill. So if, if we can if we can undefine sin as a thing, undefine the devil as a thing, well, the devil is one. And that was one of the themes that was explored in this movie. It just wasn't explored enough. The demon in the movie kept saying that whenever you do you will. Uh, and I thought, like I said, I thought they explored it. 
they didn't explore it enough. Uh, first of all, Glenn Beck had no – and I don't have anything personal against Glenn Beck. I don't dislike Glenn Beck, but he doesn't have any credibility as, as anybody speaking theological things. Okay, you believe Joseph Smith was a prophet, okay? You believe in the angel Moroni, M-O-R-O-N-I, okay? If you don't think Joseph Smith was mocking you when he created that religion and named the angel Moroni, I mean, so why would you have somebody that is a spokesman for for theological things, for spiritual things? Um, Bottom line is, I think deliverance was, uh, I mean, uh, nefarious was a was a missed opportunity and i'd be interested to see uh if there's anybody else um that agrees or disagrees with me uh before i sign off um lewis why don't you give me your final thoughts and then uh, we'll end with a closing prayer my final thoughts is everything we discussed um psychology in itself even i can't even say it was an original that way it's always been at least um the one that we've been introduced with with Ford and us, but it's always been an inescapable tool of bringing down objective truth. And with objective truth, again, there can't be any clarity and there can't be any justice. There can't be any, you know, any order. So, um, it just goes to show you that's what Satan wants. Satan, as his name, as his title, suggests he is the king of lies. Life and subjectivity go hand in hand. If there is nothing objective in the world, then there cannot be any truth in the world. And if there can't be any truth in the world, then we just live in a world full of lies. And that's what Satan wants. Yep. All right, let me interject something real quick. I wanted to answer a question from Philip. Philip said uh, most of the exorcist priests have recommended the movie Nefarious. Um I don't know if they recommended it so much as they said that it was better than the other movie that was out. Uh, most of the exorcist priests have, have pretty much slammed the, um, uh, uh, what's his name? Russell Crowe movie that was, uh, supposedly based on, um, the chief Vatican exorcist, Gabriel Amoroth, the Vatican exorcist. They pretty much slammed that movie as as a very bad depiction, and I haven't seen that movie, but from what I've hear, heard about it, Nefarious is better. I'm not saying Nefarious was bad. I'm not saying it was a bad movie. I think it's passable. It's just not as good as it could have been, and and I think that's that's the issue is that they had an they had a they had a chance to make a really bold statement here, and they made a, a a so-so statement. I thought it was a missed opportunity. That that's all. Um, that that and it's just my opinion. Maybe some some people would uh, disagree with me. Uh, Lewis, would you would you end us with a closing prayer, please? Dear Lord Jesus Christ, second person of Trinity, I say this prayer. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. I ask that you keep using us as your tools and to keep us focused on you and spreading your gospel. In both everything that is written in Scripture.
scripture and everything that you said orally. I ask that you bring, that you help us bring peace and clarity in a world full of people that have distanced themselves from you, in a world full of people that don't know right from wrong, in a world full of people that hate you and hate us because we serve you. Give us the patience to to avoid comp well to turn the other cheek when it's necessary, but to still tell the truth with charity and love. Give us the protection we need to keep on saying your word and the courage to face evil when it's necessary, to lay our lives down for you. Even if it requires us sacrificing our lives at any given moment, Help us to use our holy fear at your service. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Just want to say uh, some shows coming up on the four persons. And after this is over, any of you that are not in the uh, Facebook group, our, our four persons Facebook group, you will be invited. And we hope you tell your friends about us. Some shows that are coming up, and, you, and you'll be provided the link for this video and also for the Blog Talk Radio show, so you can you can enjoy both of them. Some shows that are coming up on Monday, we have the Luke Haskell show. Now, that's normally going to be a Friday show. So Luke will be on Monday and Friday next week. After that, it'll be a, it'll be a regular Friday show. We just had to move it to Monday this one time. Tuesday, we've got a doubleheader show. At 6.30, we've got Brian Mercier from Catholic Truth, followed by our regular Tuesday show, The Tangled Mess with Dr. Deb Rojas. So uh, that's some really good shows coming up. God bless you on, on behalf of Lewis, on behalf of all the members of the four persons, and for all of our friends that tuned in, thank you so much uh, for supporting us. We'll be a 501c3 soon. We're just we're just waiting for the uh, waiting for the approval to come back from the government. And um, thank you for for supporting us and thank you for giving us some of your time on a Sunday. God bless. Amen.